Hello from all around the world and welcome to the Crazy About Crypto Show, an interactive live podcast on Twitter Spaces for anyone exploring crypto and wanting to learn more from others that have already dived into the space. From NFT artists to savvy crypto investors to everyday people just like you and I, this is a place where we can come together and learn about this new wave of innovation. Today we have an exciting show. I always love crypto investors that have grown personally in their journey and now take time to give back to others in the space. And today's guest is the embodiment of just that. From investing in cryptocurrency in 2017 to building a base of over 10,000 followers on Twitter in less than a year, he continues to support NFT artists by spotlighting their work on his feed. A true pioneer that helps the NFT community grow every day. Ken Shiro, welcome to the Crazy About Crypto Show. Uh, thanks for that intro, man. That's really flattering. Uh, please uh, keep your life vests on at all time. And uh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> all right. So the first question on this podcast, the whole reason for this podcast is to help people that are starting to try to learn about the crypto movement and Web 3.0. So the first thing I always ask my guests is to spend a minute or two explaining your journey into crypto from the very beginning, give a little bit of backstory, what initially drew you into the crypto space sure um so i kept seeing like I, i'm from a computer science background and uh, i love computers ever since i saw a computer when i was like 10 years old which is now 29 years ago uh, i was just kind of like in love with the the logic and the functionality and just the the power of technology and what it can help you achieve and uh also uh so from there i got into like video games a lot which people say is a waste of time but actually you learn a lot from video games in 2017 i got into crypto uh basically uh, just randomly although i now don't believe in coincidence so i kept seeing these ads for ethereum and i was like what the fuck is that and uh, I, I don't know if I can curse, actually, so after have to tell me. No, and, you're fine. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, the first time I bought Ethereum, it was like 50 bucks. And I was like, uh, yeah, what am I doing? This is kind of ridiculous, but what the hell? And then I was like, well, might as well buy some Bitcoin, too. And then I read the Bitcoin white paper and uh, I really understood the, the concept. And uh, one of the first ideas I had like related to crypto is actually like someone ended up doing it is the cryptocurrency CHZ. It's about like sports monetization because I'm, I'm a huge sports fan, especially football. So then, uh, yeah, I invested in when I saw someone did the, the first idea I had when I thought of like blockchain technology, I invested in that quite heavily and I did really well in that and other crypto projects just kind of like grew throughout the four years. And uh, I learned a lot of things during that journey, you know, like even, uh, you know, trading and like, uh, I, although I don't like day trade, uh, handling like, um, price swings and stuff it really helps you also in real life to get your emotions under check it's uh it's kind of like a life skill you know to to um you learn resilience and patience and not to panic when you can hold an asset and it maybe goes down 80 percent in a few weeks and that'll really teach you a lot of things and also regarding your attachment to money 
So that's kind of how, and yeah, I, I'm not very good at staying on topic. So do feel free to bring me back if I don't answer the question. But uh, that's kind. That was kind of like my journey into NFTs, and NFTs started. I don't remember exactly where the thread of NFT started, but it was around a year ago, and mm -hmm. I was like snooping around on Superware. And uh, but at first I didn't buy. I just like it just seemed like too risky and too crazy. Mm -hmm. And actually at that time I would have bought so low had I bought, and I ended up buying quite high. But then. Just the more I get into this space, the more connections I make, the more my conviction grows. Yeah, I love that. Thanks, um, Kenshiro, for giving a little bit of a background. I'm curious what if you you can go a little more in depth. So you saw a lot of potential, or maybe you just were taking a calculated risk. But what was it about Ethereum back in early 2017? I imagine since you you had met, you said fifty dollars. That was kind of at the beginning of 2017, before the craze. Um, what did you really, what did you see in the potential of that? Was it the smart contracts? What did you see as the potential on that specific network of blockchain? At first, it was really purely speculation. I was like, I, I don't know. I'm hearing all this stuff about crypto. Let's try to get into this casino and make some money as well. And it, I had the same approach as well at first with NFTs and art. So it always started from like kind of a greed uh, perspective, accumulation perspective, and then it, it kind of like uh, it becomes more than just that. It becomes like fun and I get involved with people. I connect, I make friends and uh, really I've made like real friends, you know, normally. Yeah, I talk to people on the internet and I have some acquaintances, but there are now people like I could travel almost anywhere in the world and I feel I could call someone up and be like, hey, what's up, man? Let's hang out. Mm -hmm. I actually love that. I was talking to my wife about that exact same thing, especially with the rise of crypto Twitter and the NFT space. It seems like we're getting much more personal. Some of us earlier investors, whether it was in 2013 all the way up until really 2019 or 2020, it was much more of a isolated let's continue to like grind out figure out what coins aren't going to go to zero and invest and uh, now it's you're seeing a lot more applications and things that are going to pull um, new users in just organically because it can help benefit them and so uh, I actually want to move to this next question which is about something that I noticed in your profile bio that I loved it talks about that you're a free speech maximalist and a freedom lover and I just uh, I kind of caught my eye I want to talk about that for a second and how um, for newcomers to blockchain, since you've been in it uh, uh, for a while, if you can explain to someone new, how does blockchain help uh, and the power of crypto help in achieving those goals that are kind of highlighted in your bio? Sure. Yeah. So basically, uh, one of the reasons I like the Bitcoin white paper so much was Satoshi, Satoshi's vision about uh, Bitcoin was basically born following the financial collapse and mm -hmm. all the bankers actually got away with that. Nobody went to prison, nothing. Only like the middle class uh, lost their job. As usual, like the governance model always destroys the middle class and makes the, the middle class poor and the rich richer. And so the system doesn't work. And uh, 
Satoshi, when he saw that, he, he invented this algorithmic coin and uh, the division was to give people financial freedom and privacy. And uh, the way it achieves this is through decentralization. So let's say the government can go to any company and be like, okay, you're on American soil and uh, we're the American government and we don't like this content. You have to take it down or you have to shut down your website. Here's a court order. But if you're decentralized, uh, they would have to basically shut down the internet uh, worldwide to, to shut you down. So they can't like go to someone and be like, you have to take this content down. And to me, that's fundamental because I understand that there is some content which is like not sensible and not appropriate for people. But the moment we put a person, a person always has bias. And the moment we put a person in charge, there will always be like some type of like political bias or agenda as to what content is appropriate and not. So I really believe you can't censor a single thing because the moment you censor one thing, then who 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 is the judge of what is the next thing to censor? Mm -hmm. And I think that the way you articulated that is perfect. I mean, I think the decentralization and the peer to peerness of the uh, blockchain in general allows for freedom in a whole different way that allows us and in, in, it shows the power of what you can build in a community. And just like you said, you could travel all around the world at this point and be able to see someone that you know, because of crypto Twitter, but that's because of the blockchain and how it's pulled us all together. Together. And I think it's really um, amazing to see that. And now we're seeing a lot of that with the potential for an artist anywhere in the world can grow their own brand and grow organically their own art, not just in their small community, but in a worldwide on a global scale. Um, and I think that's amazing. So I want to talk about NFT artists for a second, because there are so many NFT artists struggling in the space or they get down or they have a lot of um, frustration because they see some people blowing up or getting so many sales and they're like, what am I doing wrong? Why can't I do that? And so there's just, I, I see a lot of um, people getting frustrated and I it just, it really makes me sad. I think as a investor, I mean, Kenshiro, you can maybe speak to this too, but as an investor as well or a collector, we've been through a lot in the crypto market in the last three or four years. So we're not new to the volatility and the the you know, continued drive to not give up when you fail. But if you could just give maybe some insight to an NFT artist or someone new to the space about when you're a pioneer like this, how it's so important to, um, to be able to never give up that resiliency and kind of speak um, about NFT, maybe give some advice to NFT artists that are newer to this movement about how they can continue to push forward. Yeah, sure. Basically, I think the common mistake people make is they think too short term and they don't look at what's going on behind the scenes. I had this chat, for example, with Archan Nair. And he explained that he's been in this like digital art space when there was like the whole deviant art movement. And, you know, there was no way you were getting paid for JPEGs back then, you know, but he, he struggled, he embraced the struggle. He kept creating every day. And now people see the, the, the end product, which is him selling for like 10, 15 Ethereum a piece, but they don't see the entire journey after that. And mo most of these people complaining have been in the NFT space, maybe like one month, 
months and they did <laughs> one right. drop and they did no marketing and they're like oh it's not selling what's happening the, this sucks uh, nfts are bullshit and uh you know that, that's just like I, I think the best thing to do when you come into this space is to first of all like take one month where you do absolutely nothing but research find some good uh, Twitter people to follow. It's full of free information and uh, scan their Twitter feeds. Uh, there, there's everyone kind of serves like a different purpose. I like a certain type of uh, account for like maybe investing, another for crypto, another for Ethereum. So I choose like a wide selection of knowledge and then I combine them, but that's available to uh, the, the, where I get my information is available free to anyone. You just have to like like select the right Twitter accounts to follow. And then, uh, yeah, I just actually spend the time paying attention to the important things and connecting the dots. Yeah. And as a collector, I'm going to ask you a question here. Both you and I have probably spent a good portion of our net investment, net worth on NFTs and artists. Something that some people kind of, they see that and then they say, oh, I need to go shill my work to this guy. And it happens a lot because they see you buying other art. And it's, it kind of is a huge, it's a huge turnoff when people do that. Um, but at the same time, it's because it, it doesn't come across um, organically. And so I would love to just hear because you do an amazing job spreading the word about artists and NFT art that you love. How do you pick NFT artists to spotlight? Yeah, it's a good question. My my strategy has changed through time. In the beginning, I was only going uh, on super rare. I chose to do like top end market and uh, kind of on because also the artists on super rare, they're more experienced and there is less work behind. They're like, you know, when you're working with a pro who knows what he's doing, instead of like taking one hour to explain something, it takes five minutes. So maybe you pay more the initial price, but it's also going to be less volatile because the kind of the brand name and safety behind it linked to a big artist who knows what he's doing. It, it, it's much less likely that he's going to be like making big costly mistakes and it's okay to make mistakes as well, especially when you're first starting out. Actually, I encourage mistakes as, as, as long as you learn from them. I think it's okay to even make many. That's why you don't go straight to super rare. You start like on the smaller platform where it's okay to make a few mistakes but basically then my strategy changed recently i have started collecting on foundation just because uh, I, I keep running out of liquidity so i have to get creative <laughs> and, and find ways to yeah. generate value without paying yeah. up front and uh, lately uh so i collect like cheaper pieces on foundation and then just put in more of my own like sweat equity and time talking directly with the artist to explain them more about like uh, potential pricing strategies and you know the I, I don't have any like set rules I just give like my strategy based on my observation as to what sells on the market but then I tell the artists like this these are like my personal general observations slash guidelines but if you have any creative ideas like you have to do you you know yeah I love that you mentioned the liquidity part because I think sometimes nft artists <laughs> thinks sometimes they feel like some of the bigger collectors out there and some I will say maybe have deeper pockets but for a lot of crypto collectors and investors we 
aren't ATM machines either, right? We are we are individuals that are trying to support others, yes, but at the same time, we are making decisions that in the end affect us as well in terms of our liquidity and in terms of our uh, what what we're building and trying to do for the community. So it's an important thing to remember as an NFT artist that we we can't print money. I can't tell you how many things are on my list of what I want to buy. Um, and I've spent, you know, f- easily 50 to 100 Ethereum already on NFT art. And it's just, it's impossible to buy everything because at some point you have to, you have to be able to take a step back and remember um, that you you don't have unlimited funds. And some people may have deeper pockets like 888. But for a lot of NFT art collectors, even bigger guys that are spending hundreds or hundreds of Ethereum on art, that it's there's not enough, uh, there's, there's not enough uh, in our pockets to just buy everything. Otherwise we would, because I'd love to support every single person that I see in the NFT space. And I, I think that's a good point that you made that it's some uh, that NFT artists need to remember. And the bigger thing is getting on that to-do list, you know, by the, the way to get on that to-do list of like, I want to be on the radar um, is getting to know the collector and uh, reaching out to them and talking with them, not just shilling your art, but really getting to know them. And I feel like those are the people that are on my list that I want to buy the most are the ones that I've gotten to know. I don't know if you feel the same way, Kenshiro. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of this also, the the reason sometimes it does frustrate me, the shilling, although I understand people are new and they make honest mistakes, but a little bit, a lot of it actually is just kind of like common sense, you know, you wouldn't uh, go to someone's house and like bash down the door and uh, show him your (laughs) painting and be like, buy my painting, you know? (laughs) So maybe hello first, you know, if you're going to reach out to someone, just some manners, you know, Uh, not uh, if the first message you send me is your foundation link, uh, check my portfolio and get back to me. It's like, I'm not your secretary, you know? (laughs) Right. Yes. Let me just drop everything right now and look at your your art that you've never sold on as an nft before um yeah and it happens and it's something that i've been in spaces and people are starting to educate newer nft artists about which is awesome to be able to hear other people say you know what think about the way that you're approaching collectors because that's going to be a big way that you build your brand and the way people look at you and and if you're really trying to aim towards getting in the collection of bigger artists usually bigger artists are waiting to see that you kind of prove yourself because we we don't mind spending a little more on your art so um work and grind and don't stop and continue to work and get those little sales from you know other artists or people that you enjoy being around and and it's going to continue to compound that's that's what i always try to remind people is that every little win compounds upon itself all right, let's go ahead. I, I wanted to make sure we talked a little bit about, about NFTs because we both love help, helping NFT artists. Um, and so I wanted to make sure to touch on that. But now I want to go back and talk a little bit about crypto market and just the market in general. So lately, um, we've seen the kind of convergence of cryptocurrencies, smart contracts and DeFi and NFTs, right? Like they're all starting to come together and intersect. And um, 
a lot of people new to the space, you may only hear about NFTs, but there's gonna there's the way that you can fractionalize your NFT now is a way that you know you're essentially getting into DeFi. And so the focus has turned much more heavily into NFTs lately. Um but I just wanted to ask if you saw any trends about maybe something next that you're starting to see that's going to be big in the crypto space. Oh, definitely. You know, I've seen some worrying uh, censorship uh, from OpenSea and Twitter, even like pixel art. Uh, we were like fucking around and somebody put, uh, I forgot the account name, maybe Kamagang or something. And they have like this like kind of like pornographic pixel art, but it's totally funny. And <laughs> yeah, I know uh, what they, you're talking they about. Blurred, they, blur, they blurred out the, the pixels on Twitter and on OpenSea. I think they like straight up removed their account. So to me, that that's a really big opportunity for someone to because OpenSea will be the future like eBay and NFTs in my opinion digital property is going to be just as big as physical property so the market cap in five years is going to be like 100x what it is today but of course not everything will make it like there will be like flight to quality and consolidation to the top particularly when like the traditional art world and the quality of the art elevates that's why I try to really push people and say like uh, you know, like get on your skates because uh, if you just sit there and complain and expect your art to, to just sell and people to come hand out, uh, it, not everybody's going to make it, you know, uh, unfortunately, because uh, the people who help themselves will and they will find people who help them. But the people who, who sit there and complain about how the world is unfair and uh, I don't have uh, 10,000 followers, so I can't do this. I mean, everyone started from zero, you know, so. That's also part of looking at like the journey behind people build that presence It's the same as when Conor McGregor for whoever follows UFC knocked out Jose Aldo in like seven seconds. Everyone was like, oh, wow, that was luck, whatever. And he was saying like, actually, you know, you should look at like my journey training to, to get to this point and what's behind those seven seconds. Mm hmm. I, I love I love that. Uh, one, I want to touch on uh, just kind of going back to that drive and that resilience of NFT artists. You look at someone like um, like Fawocious, who was literally less than a year ago, you could buy one of his paintings, Kenshiro or I could have bought one of his physical paintings for $800, $600, and now they just sold at Christie's for $450,000 each. And it just goes to show the grind that he went through the last year. A lot of people don't recognize that the artists that, were, uh, that are making it did not start making this big money. They they, they grinded it out, they networked, they continued to build relationships, and eventually they got on the minds of the biggest collectors on the stage. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens because of the work you put into it, just like you said. So thanks for bringing that back up again. I think it's so important to be able to hear that. Okay, I want to ask you, what was it about NFTs? Because I, just like you, we didn't get into this space initially because of NFTs, but not every Sorry, just related, related to that point, I just wanted to give a shout out to Coldy because I read his story. And uh, to me, he's one of the OGs and it, it relates to this point here you're making. And it's thanks to these people that we're here today, the people who never lost faith when they were like selling maybe one piece for $100 once a month, you know? Yeah.
Yeah, it's so true. And there's still the success stories are just at compounding on themselves too. You see more and more that are just continuing to build up. And one thing I want to mention about someone like Fawocious and Coldy does the same thing. Any of these guys, they build others up along the way. You know, that's some, a general trend that's easy to notice. Fawocious does, does drops with much l- smaller artists. He takes people under his wings. He continues to help the community grow. So as soon as you start seeing success, you better not just be focused on the bigger pockets, the bigger dogs. You better also think about, oh, I was at that point too. And stay humble because that's what really drives success, I feel like, in the long run, is always working to find new people that need you too, that can that you can benefit don't always just think who can benefit me who can you help that you know maybe is struggling right now that you can teach something to yeah actually the best way to approach someone in networking in general whether it's on the internet or in real life instead of approaching someone asking for a favor approach someone giving them value and then when people see the value in like when you first approach them and you're not wasting their time and you're actually like useful and in exchange they they, they will help you back but if your first approach to to someone who is very busy is uh, look at my portfolio that does not that you're not going to make a good first impression yeah, uh, that actually leads to this next question because I'm currently reading the Ask Gary V book. I've become kind of entrenched ever since V Friends learning about his journey. So it is, that's another guy who people are like, wow, this guy came out of nowhere and just dominated the crypto NFT space and he wasn't ever involved. And if you didn't, if you learn about his stories, he had, I mean, 15 years of work was involved in getting him to the point where he was able to drop V Friends. So, and I talked to AJ about that as well his brother. But Gary Vee talks a lot about about embracing technology. And one of the things that really changed my mindset um, about like my my two-year-old who, you know, I think in we fight technology so much in society because it's almost instilled in us, get, you know, spend less time on tech. Uh, And he makes the counter argument, which is, which hearing someone that has such a platform talk about the power of possibly, you know, engaging and adopting and, you know, telling your kids, you know, we need to embrace technology, you need more tech time. Um, How can I wanted to hear kind of your perspective on that about how you think technology, uh, regardless of how much we fight it will continue to just innovate and change the way that we interact day to day in the next five to 10 years? Yeah, I think it's about conscious awareness and uh, using technology rather than having technology use you. If you're using mm. it uh, to watch Netflix and distract yourself to to not be alone and like uh, with your thoughts, I, I don't think that's a productive use and actually it's like uh, detrimental. Whereas if you're using it to accomplish your objectives, I mean, it's incredibly powerful. I love that. And uh, the way I see the way I see the world changing is like, oof, man. Uh, I think uh, fi- even five years from now, uh, it would like just blow our minds. Like literally, it would be like someone from the 1800s being teleported here because the, the speed <laughs> of like the yeah, really yeah. the speed of the technological information. We're we're at that dot where it's like the exponential curve is is going so so fast and even like time seems to slow down for me because i'm doing so many things like on the phone even when i'm at a cafe that in the physical world everything becomes much easier and even the things that are in the 
All right, Twitter Spaces is having a little trouble. We are going to go ahead and try to rejoin here so we can get back into this interview. This has been happening a little more often where we have some trouble with connection and we're going to continue to push through so that we can always get you the full episode. So hold on one second. We're going to join again. Let's wait a while. What's up? All right. Sorry about that. Can share. It's okay. All right. Can you finish your thought? Finish your thought about the 1800s. Ah, yeah. So uh, I was gonna say that um, five years from now, uh, I think the metaverse is gonna be huge. You know, maybe people will spend like kind of half their time in like virtual reality, have their time in physical reality, and we'll kind of be bridging the gap between the two through the phones and augmented reality as well. Uh, so yeah, I haven't bought any land in like virtual worlds and stuff. Although I kind of, I've heard good things about Somnium space, but also Decentraland and, uh, crypto voxels. Although personally, I don't like the Minecraft graphics so much. And, uh, but personally me, I'm, I'm investing most in, uh, AR because I think that's really what's going to be the, the driver of like the link between the physical world and the digital world. And I think the two spheres can have like, uh, effects on each other and, uh, we can really drive like positive change in the, in the physical world through the digital sphere. I love it. And the other thing I love to talk about too, when we talk about like this change of technology is every time it allows like the web 2.0 allowed for like the access of faster information, right? Like information, you can get the answer to anything you need without having to really take a lot of time to find it. And web 3.0, you're able to almost interact um, and be able to build a community and relationships so much more quickly and calm and the economy are going to become so much more um, intersected to where it's almost like you have a borderless society. Um, Is that something that you think about a lot? Yeah, one point about the Web 2.0 and like Google and all that is that it's great because it gave us so much like access to information, but at the same time, it made us super lazy. Uh, We kind of forgot about uh, that real like knowledge and truth comes from direct experience. And we believe everything we we search on Google and we take that as truth. So me, I really do take a lot of time to question everything and uh, be with my thoughts and determine my own reality based on my direct experience because even I mean especially Google actually I I personally use DuckDuckGo even though that's not perfect either but I mean Google is very like politically biased in terms of like the information they give you and when I say politically biased I'm neither left nor right I I don't believe in politics I kind of like I I like to think about things at a higher level I I think that's all like divisive bullshit Mm mm-hmm I love that. All right, we are going to take a couple more questions, and then I'm going to turn it over to you, the audience, and we're going to start Community Corner. So if you want to hit that request button, if you have a question for Kenshiro, or right above in the space, you can go ahead and click that tweet and post a question if you can't come off mute that you have for Kenshiro, uh, and make sure to retweet so as many people catch the last segment as possible. But the last question that I want to ask you, Kenshiro, is... You do this every day, 
helping build up this community that is so important and kind of the next um, right the next evolution of the crypto space in the NFT world. I just wanted to give you a moment to maybe talk about some projects or artists that you really love working with right now and that you can kind of give your own spotlight to. Yeah, you know, I, I the reason I'm so bullish on Ethereum is that I really think we're building the new internet. And uh, uh, so if you were to assign a market cap to the, to the value of like the current internet, the, the Web 2.0, uh, that would be astronomical on its own. So imagine this evolution with like the speed of money of Ethereum and all the economies on top of it. It is just mind blowing how un- undervalued Ethereum is, in my opinion. But of course, if you again talking about short versus long term time frames, you know, uh, it could go down 50% the next week, but zoom out. And when you make uh, an investment decision, also decide how long that investment decision is for because what's the point of buying something and then looking at price every day you're, you're making an investment in the future of a company basically don't don't expect results in one week and uh, what, what was the question just any other any artist that you really love right now that you wanted to spotlight oh 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 man too many i mean my friend Lip Comarella, I'm going to give him a shout out because uh, he's also my art teacher and he's the one who encouraged me to start doing art and it's also been therapeutic. Uh, Hexeract, uh, he does a lot of work with NVIDIA. Well, he works for NVIDIA. I think he's like a creative director there. And uh, he, he also works with artificial intelligence, which fascinates me. So in addition to buying an amazing piece and making a friend, I also learn about like artificial artificial intelligence from one of the top in the field so that to me is all like added value you know and uh, really just the personal connections uh karamaru from brazil and uh man there's just so many that i feel bad uh, highlighting only a few <laughs> i'd like to highlight everyone but uh yeah everyone is amazing and uh, just work hard and uh, you'll be fine you know just uh, don't complain when your mind complains instead of complaining just uh, reframe it and see it as like a quest to solve and just uh, find creative solutions don't don't copy other people do your own thing copying copying is okay to learn you know uh, that's also why I don't believe in copyright. I don't think there is such a thing as like original ideas. We all copy each other. The new bands can only happen because, uh, I mean, music, you know, if Beethoven and Mozart and all those, uh, Uh, classical composers hadn't existed probably the music of today wouldn't. So at some point everyone got inspiration from and copied. So, else so in my opinion the best way to copyright your work is to do your own thing and do it really well high effort high skill and then when people do try to copy that then you'll be the first to have done that and it'll only add value to your original work and in my opinion for nfts to work we do need to to give them visibility and we need to do a better job at that and i think soon we will with the virtual galleries metaverse and all that but uh, I mean, on the internet, uh, monetization works with visibility. So look at how like the YouTube revenue content works, for example, it's based on the number of views. And I think is the similar type of value behind an NFT 
uh, why do NFT memes, the, the historic YouTube memes and stuff, they sold as NFTs for like 50 Ethereum, 100 Ethereum. That was just because of like visibility, they're, they're pieces of history, you know, they've just been seen by so many people that they have brand value on their own. I love that. And I love, I mean, you just go to show how involved in the community you are talking about different artists in the space. You're able to name them immediately, people that you're close to. And even, and you continue, even in our DMs prior to the show, we're talking to me about uh, Lip Camarella. And I actually followed him because I started looking at his work and, and loved it. And so that's exactly kind of when we go back to talking about building those relationships, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, collectors like me and Kenshiro, then we talk and then I find out about someone else because he's been looking at them and it, because he likes what they're doing. And that's kind of how information spreads. Usually, you know, the word spreads uh, faster when you build a relationship with someone and then they're able to kind of be a marketing tool for yourself. I can't tell you just even watching how the Crazy About Crypto show has grown. I always planned on it being organic. And like the first time we had a show, even though the guest was pretty big. I had Corey Van Lu on, you know, I only had a few people in the room. And that's because we just continue to grind. We want to grow every single episode. And so just do the same with your art, right? Just find a couple people. And as they like it, they're going to tell others. And the other day, Gary V was asking about people that uh, have cool podcasts. And I had like 15 people tag me and it's like so humbling. But that's because the focus wasn't on telling people go tell Gary V about my show. They just tune in because they enjoy it, because it brings value to them. Just like you said, add value to the others, and then that's when you're going to start seeing um, yourself grow is because you're focused on the community and not just building yourself up. So I think that was really awesome. All right, we don't... Go ahead. Just want to say hi also, because I forgot to mention Alien Queen and Outside, and they're, they're, they're both in the audience, so thanks for tuning in. And they're also artists I collected and work with, and it's been a pleasure. Thank you for doing that shout out. Alien Queen is another one that I've noticed just because she's been coming to my show. I've taken a look at some of the things she's doing. So huge shout out to you too. All right. We are going to go ahead and move on to our segment of Community Corner, which is the part of the show where you take the stage and you get to come up and talk to Kenshiro. Don't be shy. Make sure that you are hitting that request button right now so that you can come up. This is an opportunity to learn and continue to grow. And so I'm going to continue. I had someone that had requested. They went back off and as a listener. But if you want to come up, please ask a question, anything that's on your mind. So we'll start with Community Corner right now and spend about 10 minutes taking questions. I do have a question in the Twitter feed, um, and just if you can't come up on stage, remember that we have that there. Now I'm seeing N8 requesting to come up. Thank you so much, N8. It always is nice to have someone break the ice. Remember to retweet now that we're in this segment of the show so that people can uh, learn a little bit more and interact with Kenshiro themselves. So now let's get into Community Corner. All right, let's start with Elk. Somi, uh, she had a question, or he had a question, I'm not sure uh, what gender, but what utilities do you see AI having in the NFT space? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know if I can answer that directly. I, I don't really know enough about AI, but 
Uh, I do see like a big uh, niche market in uh, programmable art. I do want to find actually if any programmers are listening to this, people who know Solidity, etc. If you want to try to write on my post or DM me or whatever, because I, I do want to find some young, talented coders who are open to trying new things and team them up with artists to, to give art more functionality. For example, uh, the ACE art platform uh, they're doing some cool things with the different programmable art layers and uh, also recently they did something with music so i do like platforms who, who are a bit smaller they they tend to be a bit more flexible and innovative and try new things so i'm gonna keep an eye on that platform because uh i think there is a, a lot of room for nfts to do much more than be used as a sales channel which is kind of the primary purpose at the moment but I really think we can add so much functionality, you know. Uh, for example, there's one artist, uh, the name escapes me at the moment, but uh, he's not a very well-known artist, but uh, he has some really interesting ideas. He he did one NFT of his, and then you kind of like drop into the NFT, and it becomes uh, like a, a kind of a video game on its own, where in the NFT you go and like collect stuff. So from your painting, it becomes comes a video game you know and that's kind of the magic of adding functionality i love that great answer and really great question too about um how ai is going to continue to play i think it's just always going to continue to evolve in the space all right we've got uh, a regular in the show i wanted to pull up first ron ron thanks for joining go ahead awesome thank you so much ken shiro thank you for your time today and uh, being so transparent in what you have going on i have a question for you in terms of if an artist is just beginning, like you said, showing value, um, sometimes I think it's a little bit difficult for me as a new artist to show that value other than just showing up and propping others up and being a, a positive person in, in the community. You know, what, what tricks or not tricks, but maybe tips would you say would, would be valuable for a new artist to really focus in on? I think for a new artist, it would really be best to adopt like a very personal marketing strategy and try to find, instead of trying to market to like 1000 people, try to build a community of like 10 people. Start with like maybe ask your real life friends to, to follow you on Twitter and to help support you and share your work because that also brings new people into the NFT space. And just in general, it's going to be really hard to reach right away the, the top collector so I, I personally wouldn't bother in the beginning they, they'll notice when the time is right and you can actually team up as a new artist you can you should actually try to contact the, the the new collectors who are gonna grow alongside you because maybe the the top collectors are busy with other things and they're unreachable so instead of saying trying to tag everyone so they see your work and it also looks desperate and it cheapens your brand value just uh, try to connect with other people who are just starting out whether it's doing collabs with other artists or just getting in touch with other collectors who are just starting because uh the, the this dynamic of collector artists really helps each other out uh, also making investment when i was first starting out I really didn't have much of an eye for art and uh, I made some purchases, which in retrospect, I would have probably done things differently now that I have a better eye. And the reason I have a better eye is because I, I spoke so much to people like Lip, 
uh, Alien Queen and other people about art. And I learned the concepts of art and that also helps me make better investment decisions. So the, it's all a complementary skill set and really anything you can learn uh, will add value to, to your skill set. And your skill set in this space needs to be very like dynamic and wide. You kind of need to know the basic concepts of everything from like economics to finance to marketing to but uh, don't let that scare you it shouldn't be overwhelming it's just one day at a time and one one idea that i have for people which i think would be really good would be to uh, kind of take all the topics which are related to this so subdivide them in like categories which is like crypto ethereum nfts divide them down understand what you need to learn in each and then devise yourself like a learning program for one month and just do that for one month before you start spending money etc and uh, also if you do this you can kind of record everything and then you'll have like a course for whoever is starting and you could even monetize that and then sell it to people because everybody's looking for that information and nobody's putting it together in this way so we end up repeating over and over the, the same concepts which would be helpful to all wow thank you so much i appreciate that yeah, that was awesome advice, Kenshiro. And I think w from learning, you know, uh, early investors in crypto, even all the way back to even if you just got in in 2017, 2018, one thing that you find yourself doing, people talk about this rabbit hole, right? We're always going down this rabbit hole, but it's really true. Uh, how many articles or discords you go through to try and learn, how many white papers you read, it, just to try and make sure you're constantly educating yourself so that you make the best decisions. Um, and then at the end of the day, you're going to make some decisions that just are f you learn from that you lose a lot. Um, and so just continually learning is just like the best best advice that anyone can give. Don't give up when you fail. Um, the space is so early that you can fail 10 times and the, the three times you succeed are going to pay ransom for all those other times that you failed just because you're so early on. So never give up. Keep, keep grinding and learning from your mistakes. All right, Nate, uh, I saw you joined us up here. Thanks for joining the Crazy About Crypto show. I think this is your first time on stage. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, this is a great podcast. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to tune in some more. Uh, yeah, I'm a follower of uh, Ken Shiro. Um, yeah, and Ken Shiro is great. Um, hearing hearing about like some of your uh, your your intro into the crypto space and uh, how that like kind of turned into uh, NFT collecting. That was uh, fascinating to hear. Um, I just had a question. You briefly mentioned uh, AR. I know we were talking about this. Uh, a little bit in uh, in DMs, you know, but I, I'm curious to see like what you think the future of NFTs are like, uh, like, you know, five, 10 years down the road, like how do you see NFTs being integrated with, you know, these types of uh, technologies? Uh, I know I'm looking into some of them, but. Yeah, what's up, Nate, man? I don't know, I don't, my memory is not good, so I don't know if we've ever spoken directly before because I know you speak a lot on DM. So just for the people who don't know, I own a piece of uh, yours on Super Air. 
And uh, yeah, I love your work, man. And I think you're always innovating and it's very unique. You know, when, when I see your piece and that, that's one suggestion I make to artists, be yourself. And by be yourself, I just mean like do something totally different, do something. It can be shocking. It can be funny. It can be strange. It just needs to come from you. And that way that, that will be your signature. You know, uh, people, when, when people look at great art, they should immediately like be able to say like, oh that, that's that person you know they, they don't need to go and look it up and to me that happened with you so that's that was one of the main reasons i bought your piece and then of course the personal connection and i saw we think alike but uh regarding ar so one example would be the latest uh, hakatao piece with that kind of like bear head uh, was it i don't know if it was a bear or a tiger but it kind of comes to life uh like the billy bass the the fish that sings you know <laughs> which i think is hilarious but uh so yeah that one uh you know these artists are the ones who innovate and and push the the boundaries forward and then there will be copycats and i think it's okay for there to be copycats because they're one of the first to really try to do something in ar and uh, also i know you have some kind of new device right can you can you tell us a bit more about that or is it confidential um yeah yeah i mean it's kind of confidential because i i want it to be a big surprise you know uh but yeah, if I could just shout it out. Uh, it's going to drop uh, probably the second week of August. I'm still figuring out a way to like film it because it's uh, all I'll say about it is it's an experimental uh, optics device uh, to see digital art in a new way. Um, it's pretty well known. I'm sure you can figure it out if you put the pieces together. But uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm super interested in the way that uh, like NFTs will... I don't know, like, I, I can see them, like, staying digital, but I really am excited to see, like, some of their, like, reaches into the physical world, you know? Uh, like, whether that's, like, a VR exhibition or AR or something else entirely, you know? Uh, yeah, I'm fascinated I, think, to, uh, with that. I think at some point, Google, uh, Apple is supposed to come out with an AR device. And I think, for example, a product like uh, Google Glass, Nowadays, it would work uh, done in a better way because it was just too much of a techie product and too early and it didn't look cool. But if now you could have like augmented reality through a cool pair of shades, I think people would totally go for it. I mean, it was the same thing with phones and touchscreens. We had touchscreens a long, long, long time ago, but the first time the touchscreen quality just wasn't good and it got scrapped for a while. Nate, that was, a, that was an amazing question. And I just want to take a second to anyone that's an NFT artist, uh, or if you're thinking about being an NFT artist, just listening to this podcast, and we talk about growing your brand, think about what just happened. Kenshiro, Nate came up here just to interact and ask Kenshiro some advice. And then look what Kenshiro did, just kind of put him in the spotlight and gave him an opportunity to speak on something that he's working on and then even pinned it up top. So that is exactly what we mean by organic growth. He didn't come up here shilling his 
project. And I just think that's important to take a second and, and think about as you just watch that happen live is just continue to think about how you grow your network. Don't come up and, and just shill. He, he first wanted to make sure, and he didn't even come up here with that intent, but it happened anyways. And now um, I'm definitely going to be looking at Nate after this podcast is done. Harry. Uh, 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 Paul, uh, I, Nate, I, I pinned that just because it was your pin tweet. Uh, I don't even know if you wanted to advertise in this way, but I just wanted to share your work. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the real, uh, you know, I think it's a game changer personally. Like, I wouldn't really put it lightly. You know, it's like, it's going to be really cool uh, when I'm going to drop second week of August. So, uh, yeah, make sure to keep your eyes out for that. Um, I'm super excited to share it. It's like so hard to keep it in, but yeah, it's uh, going to be cool. But thanks for, thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, it was great to uh, ask Kenshiro some questions. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Nate. All right. We're going to do one more question for the recorded show, and then I'm going to stick around for a little bit. So this is where it benefits to be live on air. So that way we can make sure to get as many people um, some answers as possible, but definitely tune in. If you're hearing this on the podcast, come follow on Twitter, the crazy about crypto show. So you can tune in a live airing. So that way you can hear extra uh, answers to questions that we don't cover in the recorded portion, but we like to try and keep all the podcasts under 60 minutes. So let's do one more question and from Harry. Uh, Harry, welcome to the Crazy About Crypto Show. Go ahead. Hi, uh, Crypto Show. Hi, Ken. Hello. Hey, what's up, man? How are you? How are you? <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Good. Uh, how are you? I, I want to ask a common question, but I want to know that uh, Ken Zero's uh, perspective about it. So, Ken Zero, when you go for uh, a specific artwork, what you met, like uh, uh, did you check uh, that artist background uh, uh, how influential he is uh, what all he done or uh, is it just that you go for what all you looking for in uh, artwork when you go for somebody's art yeah uh before i used to like really search for things on super air but now i just have like so many connections that most uh come from recommendations from artists i already know they're like oh have you seen this guy he's dropping his genesis and i go check it out and if i like the art then i work backwards from there i look at the sales history I don't really go look at like Twitter and Instagram numbers. I don't really care about that. Actually, if anything, I find that many times people who have a large follower base already are uh, very rigid in their in the way they do things. And uh, the way I like to work together with people is uh, to really brainstorm creative out of the box ideas. So one of the main things I look for when I connect with people is like flexibility and open mindedness and just uh, the willingness to iterate things many times to to get them just right and to to try really crazy things, you know, and I, I don't think that, that, yeah, that, that can be learned, but uh, I, I don't really have time to, to argue and like uh, fight to resistance to change. So I do prefer people who are, who are new at the moment, just because lately I've become more of like from collector to almost like creative director. And uh, I, I don't influence the creative process of the artist. I, I try to like help them think their own concept through and then get out of the way. But I am good at like connecting the dots and doing strategy 
strategy. So, and I, I have lots of ideas and vision. So at the moment as well, I'm working on many projects based on my ideas and I just, I, since I know so many artists, I say, okay, this guy should do the sound and this guy should do the visual and this girl should do the uh, animation and then put those guys together and just let them work their magic. Oh, that's awesome. You just uh, said that uh, you check their uh, NFT places also. So does that matter if they have uh, too many unsold pieces in uh, their NFT spaces? Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's never a good look, you know. Uh, if the pricing is all over the place and you have uh, pieces sitting there since uh, three months, I mean, if you really love the pieces and when you minted them and you would pay them yourself that amount, fair enough, keep them. But do try to find a way to, to clean up uh, your pages because uh, if you have one piece for sale, it's much easier to sell than if you have 10 pieces for sale, just in terms of like a supply and demand concept. Collectors mostly are very busy and move very fast. So they look when they analyze the initial filter is mostly mathematical and value based. They look at the pricing trends, the history. And that's why, although it doesn't have to be something scary or a rule, and you can also be creative with your pricing strategy, uh, it, it can be fun as well. It doesn't need to be stressing, but you do need to have a strategy. I think the issue is actually that most people just don't think it through. They're like, what should I price my thing? Oh, let me, yeah, 0 0.5. And it's like, what is the reasoning behind the 0 0.5? Have you actually thought it through? Like, why? Ask yourself. Uh, and also regarding, for example, settling the auction, if you believe the collector should pay for that, factor it into the, into the sales price, because in my opinion, that should be included in the, in the sale. That's Harry. Oh, Kenshiro, thank you. Sometimes when I talk to Kenshiro, I feel like Kenshiro is a collector or a philosopher. He like <laughs> definitely both. I'd say. <laughs> Uh, great question, Harry. I think another thing, Thank Kenshiro, you, uh, just kind of linking back around to that, if you are an NFT artist, as uh, a lot of investors that have been successful uh, are very, uh, we have like back business backgrounds, financial backgrounds, or we at least understand that. So as an NFT artist, one, one thing to think about is you are really creating your own brand and business. And so don't ever forget that as you're trying to figure out, just like any sort of business that starting out has you know a proposal or a plan that they want to follow and abide by you have to do the same thing and think about how you're going to get that attention and that success organically in the space and like uh, all a lot of the people that have been successful are finding out it, it's it's engaging in the community. So don't stop doing that. Great question. Thanks for coming on the show. All right. We are going to end the recorded version of the Crazy About Crypto show. If you ever miss one of our shows, you can always check out our website, crazyaboutcryptoshow.com and follow us and turn on your notifications anytime we go live so that you can be in the audience and learn in real time. And then also make sure that you're following Ken Shiro and making sure that you pay attention to what he's doing. One of the top collectors in this space, especially for supporting newer artists. So continue to look out for that. We are going to stick around for a little bit um, and continue to answer a few more questions. So try to tune in live. But until next time, this has been the Crazy About Crypto Show, and we'll see you in the metaverse.